Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Blind Analysis. My name is Tommy Ray Valdez. Lots of fun things to talk about today on the Blind Analysis. First, I want to talk about the Week 2 matchup coming up between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. I also want to talk a little bit about some other of the Week 2 matchups around the NFL. And I also want to talk a little more Seattle Mariners baseball and a little more MLB news as well. So first, I'm going to get started by talking about this Seahawks 49ers matchup coming up on Sunday. Um, you know, this should be a very good game. The Seahawks have really played well against the 49ers uh, really over the past few years. Uh, so, you know, I think this is going to be um, a uh, very interesting game. Uh, you look at this 49ers team with Trey Lance as their starting quarterback. We know that Trey Lance is very mobile um, in a very limited small sample size that we have seen him playing in the NFL. Uh, we know that he can really run the football well. Uh, so that's something that the Seahawks defense is going to have to keep an eye on. Um, and he's got a lot of good weapons. Um, with like Debo Samuel, who could uh, not only catch passes, but um, you know he can run out of the backfield as well. So that's something the Seahawks are going to have to be very aware of. Um, and also, you know, without um, Eli Mitchell, um, you know, he's going to be out for a couple months for the 49ers. Jeff Wilson Jr. will be their lead running back. So um, Seahawks will have to focus on trying to slow him down as well. Um, and, you know, if George Kittle is able to come back for this game, I know he didn't play in week one, uh, but if he's able to come back, that's going to be another big threat that the Seahawks are going to have to worry about as well. And Brandon Ayuk um, is another very good receiver uh, who could also run out of the backfield if the 49ers need him to as well. Um, so Kyle Shanahan likes to get very creative with this 49ers offense. So uh, Seahawks defense is going to have a lot of work on their hands. Um, you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them. So, you know, it's going to be uh, really interesting to see, um, you know, how this defense approaches this game. They played very well against the Broncos. Uh, last week and uh, hopefully that will continue um, here against the 49ers. Uh, you look at the Seahawks offense. Um, I was surprised with how much we threw the ball in uh, game one in week one against the Broncos. Um, you know, I do think that we're going to be a little bit more uh, well balanced offensively this week. Uh, this 49ers defense is very good um, and they're led by guys like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, um, you know, and they like to really get after the quarterback. So Geno Smith is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly, be very decisive, and uh, make some big plays um, with DK Metcalf and with Tyler Lockett. And I noticed he really utilized his tight ends a lot in uh, week one. So, um, you know, maybe he will continue to utilize Noah Fant, who had a pretty good game last week, um, and also – Kobe Parkinson's and uh, um, Will Disley both had touchdown catches as well. So, um, you know, hopefully Geno Smith uh, could continue to play well and build off of what he did in week one. Um, and hopefully we could run the football effectively against this very good 49ers defense. Rashad Penny had a pretty good game against the Broncos and uh, Kenneth Walker will make his NFL debut in this game as well. So I'm really excited to see uh, what he can bring to this offense. So, um, you know, it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, 
you know, like I said, the Seahawks have played very well against the 49ers. Um, you know, Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan have had some very good matchups over the years. Um, and I do expect this to be another close game. Uh, and hopefully the Seahawks will come out on top. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I think this is going to be a very fun and exciting week two matchup. So um, that's my thoughts on the Seahawks 49ers game. Uh, other interesting games to keep an eye on, obviously the Thursday night football game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. All of these AFC West matchups are going to be must-see TV. Um, and Patrick Mahomes going up against Justin Herbert. That's going to be a very good matchup. Both of these teams, uh, very good explosive offenses. And uh, their defenses um, can also play very well as well. So, you know, I think that's going to be a very fun Thursday night football matchup. Um, also, um, I think the Saints-Buccaneers, that's going to be a very good matchup as well. Um, <clears throat> NFC South division rival matchup. Uh, these two teams um, are definitely the two favorites uh, to win the NFC South division. Um, so, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, Jameis Winston going up against Tom Brady. Uh, but the Saints have played very well against Tom Brady. Um you know, throughout uh, Tom Brady's tenure with the Buccaneers. Uh, he has really struggled against the Saints. Um, so I do think the Saints have a little bit of an advantage in this game. Uh, but both teams off to a good start with a 1-0 and record. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Um, and also, you know, Steelers-Patriots, they always uh, play each other uh, very well. Um as well. So I think that's going to be another very good matchup. Um, even without TJ Watt, I still think this Steelers defense can still be very good. And uh, the Patriots offense um, is kind of struggling right now. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think that could be another interesting game to watch. Um, and uh, interesting to see what the Giants will do in week two um, after coming off of a big upset win over the Tennessee Titans, uh, an incredible game by Saquon Barkley. He ran for 164 yards, and 123 of those yards came after contact. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley is already back in midseason form. He has clearly shown that he is healthy. Um, so, you know, I think he could have another very good game against the Carolina Panthers this week. But, um, you know, that's going to be another interesting matchup. Um, and uh, also uh, the Bears-Packers on Sunday Night Football. Um, we know those two teams are very big division rivals. Um, you know, they've had a lot of good games over the years. Um, even, you know, with the Bears, um, you know, not always, you know, um, playing good football all season long. Uh, they always, um, you know, tend to, make really interesting games against the Packers. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, like he said last year, has uh, owned the Bears uh, throughout his career. So, um, you know, we'll see if Aaron Rodgers can get that offense back on track after um, a tough performance in week one. Um, and uh, that Packers defense also struggled a little bit against the Vikings as well. So, um, you know, we'll see how they do in this matchup. Justin Fields. Uh, really played well in that fourth quarter against the 49ers. Um, so, you know, we'll see if 
he can build on that. Uh, but that should be a very good Sunday night game. And then the Monday games, I think, are going to be very interesting as well. Um, the uh, Titans going up against the Bills. Uh, they've had some good matchups in the past, so I do expect uh, this to be another good game. Uh, can the Bills defense find a way to slow down Derrick Henry? Um, and can that Titans defense find a way to, sh- to slow down uh, Josh Allen and this explosive Bills offense? Uh, so that should be um, a, a very good game as well. And also uh, the Vikings and the Eagles. Uh, the There will be two Monday night games. Um, and uh, the Vikings and the Eagles, that should be another um, really good game as well. Both teams off to good starts with a 1-0 and record. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, in uh, that matchup as well. Uh, But there's going to be a lot of good games this week uh, in week two of the NFL. So, um, you know, stay tuned, um, you know, uh, watch the games and, um, you know, have a good time. So uh, that's my thoughts on everything in the NFL for week two. Um, Now I want to talk Seattle Mariners baseball. I want to talk about this Mariners Padres series. This was a very interesting series uh, that featured – some really good pitching at times in this series. Game one, um, you Darvish on the mound for the Padres uh, going up against Logan Gilbert. And uh, this game featured uh, some really good pitching. Um, Logan Gilbert pitched very well. He pitched five innings, um, only gave up one run, but he had to work very hard to get through those five innings. He threw 105 pitches uh, to get through uh, those five innings of work. Uh, but he only gave up one run on an RBI double by Will Myers. Uh, this gave the Padres a one nothing lead. And then late in the ballgame, Padres were able to add on another run um, after a, a very rare error by Julio Rodriguez out in center field. Um, Juan Soto ends up uh, grounding out to drive in another very big run for the Padres. Padres go on to win game one, final score of 2 to nothing. Um, you Darvish pitched very well in this ballgame for the Padres. He pitched eight scoreless innings. Um, he uh, ended up uh, striking out. Um, I believe he ended up striking out um, seven batters uh, in this ball game. Uh, but, you know, he was very effective with all of his pitches. Um, and uh, Mariners just really couldn't get anything going offensively in this game. Um, and, uh, you Darvish pitches eight scoreless innings, um, and then uh, Josh Hader gets a save in the ninth inning for the Padres. Uh, Mariners make him work a little bit for it, uh, but um, you know he ends up getting the job done, um, and the Padres take Game One. Final score of two to nothing. Game Two, um, Mariners really bounce back offensively in Game Two um, on the mound for the Mariners. Um, Luis Castillo, and uh, he went up against Mike Clevenger. And uh, right away, the Mariners get on the board. Julio Rodriguez jumps on the first pitch in the bottom of the first inning, and he hits a solo home run out into the Mariners' bullpen to give the Mariners an early one to nothing lead. Um, the 26th home run of the season for Julio Rodriguez, and he also steals later on in the ballgame, he steals his 25th stolen base of the season. Uh, So this now gives Julio Rodriguez um, 26 home runs and 25 stolen bases. 
so that um, makes him uh, join uh, some very interesting company. Uh, he joins Chris Young and Mike Trout as the only players, uh, as the only rookies um, to hit 25 or more home runs and steal 25 bases in their rookie seasons. Uh, so a very uh, cool milestone for Julio Rodriguez as he continues um, to really uh, build on uh, what can possibly be a rookie of the year campaign. Um, so, you know, great start for Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners jump out to a one to nothing lead. Uh, then still in the first inning, Eugenio Suarez hits a two run home run, his 31st home run of the season. This extends the Mariners lead to three to nothing. Um, and uh, the score remains three to nothing for a while until uh, Carlos Santana hits a three run home run. His 15th home run of the season. This extends the Mariners' lead to six to nothing. Um, and then a little bit later on in the ball game, after Luis Castillo comes out of the game after six scoreless innings, where he strikes out nine batters, a very strong pitching performance by Luis Castillo. Um, he leaves the game with a big lead. Uh, he probably could have pitched a little bit deeper in this ball game, but um, you know, with the Mariners out to such a big lead. Um, you know, Scott Service decided to go to the bullpen um, and give Luis Castillo a little bit more rest uh, because we're going to really need him here um, down this final home stretch um, and uh, if we possibly make the postseason as well. So, um, you know, he comes out of the ballgame after six innings. Uh, the Padres do eventually get one run on the board. Jorge Alfaro drives in a run with an RBI double. But the Mariners go on to win this game. Final score of 6-1. to one. Excellent pitching by Luis Castillo. And great job by the Mariners' bullpen. Um, great job by Matt Brash. Um, he continues to do very well coming out of the bullpen for the Mariners. Eric Swanson. Um, you know, we really have not talked enough about how good Eric Swanson has been for this ball club. And Andres Munoz um, closes things down in the ninth inning. And the Mariners get a 6-1 to one win over the Padres. They have picked up their 80th win of the season and um, big win for the Mariners as the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays continue um, to go up against each other. It was very important for the Mariners to get that win. Um, and, uh, you know, these three teams very close in that wild card race. And the Baltimore Orioles are still not out of it yet, although they have been um, kind of cooling off a little bit lately. Uh, but they are still very much in the mix to try and climb back into one of these wild card spots. Uh, but good to see the Mariners get a win. Um, and uh, they end uh, this homestand with a 3-3 three and three record. Um, considering uh, the opponents that they played, uh, you know, not a bad record overall. Could have been a little bit better, uh, but we'll take it. Um, and uh, now Mariners get ready for their final road trip of the season. A nice long road trip for the Mariners. Uh, beginning with the LA Angels, um, Mariners uh, now begin a stretch of their final 20 games of the regular season uh, with four games against the LA Angels. And uh, all 20 of these remaining games in the regular season are against teams that have a record below the 500 mark. So a very big opportunity for the Mariners to control their own destiny and um, try and uh, string together a uh, 
impressive winning streak. Hopefully the Mariners can play well here down this final home stretch um, over these last 20 games and um, get one of these wild card spots and make the playoffs. Um, but, you know, the Mariners are going to have to continue to play well. All of these teams um, are going to try and play spoiler. Um, you know, they are trying to uh, build, um, you know, uh, their teams for the future. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys are going to be playing for their jobs. So they're going to be playing hard. Mariners cannot let up. And uh, their pitching has to continue um, to be impressive. Their starting pitching has been really good. Uh, and their bullpen has been very good all season long. So hopefully that will continue for the Mariners. And offensively, they have to continue to swing the bats well. Um, you know, Mariners have really relied on the home run ball lately. Uh, hopefully they can continue to hit um, some balls out of the ballpark and also drive in um, runners, um, uh, also drive in runs with runners in scoring position as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be a fun uh, final 20 games. Um, and uh, hopefully the Mariners uh, can take care of business and make the playoffs. So that's my thoughts on everything Mariners baseball. Um, really quickly, Albert Pujols uh, still at 697 home runs. Um, and uh, Aaron Judge is now at 57 home runs um, on the season, trying to get to that 62 home run mark of the American League single season um, home run record. So, um, you know, best of luck to Aaron Judge and best of luck to Albert Pujols trying to get to 700 career home runs. Um, so, you know, that's going to be um, fun to keep an eye on and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. So uh, that's my thoughts on everything. Um, actually, one more thing I want to talk about. Um, an interesting award is going to be added um, to the awards at the end of the year. Um, it's kind of funny because I was talking about this a few weeks ago. Um, I was talking about this uh, with my brother-in-law, Bernie. Um, I was talking about how um, utility players, how, how tough it is to be a utility player in the MLB um, and how, you know, even though those guys don't always play every day, some of them do, uh, but most of them really don't play every day, uh, but they play multiple positions. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how hard that is. Um, and so I was telling Bernie that, you know, they should have a utility gold glove award. Um, and uh, sure enough, uh, we find out a couple weeks later um, that that is going to be a new award added uh, to the MLB this season, uh, the Utility Gold Glove Award. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty cool. A uh, couple guys that I think um, could be very interesting award or uh, interesting uh, nominees uh, to win that award. Obviously, uh, because I'm a Mariners fan, I watch these guys a lot. Uh, Dylan Moore um, and Sam Haggerty. Um, you know, very good utility players who have played multiple positions and have played them all very well. Um, so if I had to make a pick for that utility gold glove, I would uh, nominate one of those two guys. Um, although, you know, Dylan Moore really has not been, um, you know, hitting to uh, the batting average that he would like uh, to be, um, you know, uh, hitting at. Um, you know, even though this is a defensive award, they really do look at hitting as well. Uh, but Sam Haggerty um, has really had a very good batting average this season. Um, and he's made a lot of good plays out there defensively. Uh, but Dylan Moore has played 
all over the field um, and has really been a productive um, player on this Mariners roster. Uh, hopefully he can come back from the IL soon. Um, but, you know, I think he can definitely be in consideration for this utility gold glove award as well. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's very cool that they are giving out a utility gold glove award. I think that's awesome. And it's something that is long overdue. So uh, that's my thoughts on everything. Um, now I just want to leave you guys with one final thought before I go. Um, an encouraging word uh, that I heard um, from Max Lucado um, a little while back, uh, but I was thinking about that today. Um, he talked about how, um, you know, there's a common phrase, a uh, common saying that we say a lot. Um, and uh, that saying is, no, there's no place like home. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that's something that I say a lot. I really like um, spending a lot of time at home. Um, you know, um, it's, it's very convenient for me, um, you know, to be at home. I know where everything is. Um, you know, obviously with, with me being blind, um, you know, um, I love being in familiar, uh, settings, um, in, in familiar areas. And, um, you know, because I spend a lot of time at home, you know, I'm comfortable there. Um, and, um, you know, he talked about how, you know, we say the saying a lot, um, there's no place like home. Um, and although we are comfortable in our earthly homes, um, you know, sometimes we have to try not to get too comfortable there uh, because we know that this is just our temporary home. Um, and as long as we continue to follow Jesus and uh, seek him each and every single day of our lives um, and um, just continue to um, to have Jesus in our hearts, um, you know, this earthly home that we have is our temporary home. Um, and one day we will spend eternity in heaven. Um, heaven is our home. And that's where we will spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Um, as long as we just continue to trust in him, believe in him, and um, seek him each and every single day. So I just want to leave you guys with that thought. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you guys. Always remember that God is love and God is good all the time. Um, go Mariners and go Hawks.